being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. The Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560, The Source. And it is Drive Radio, KLZ 560, couple lines open, 303-477-5600. I got some text messages that came through as well. I'll get those answered here as quickly as I can as well. And I appreciate everybody that has called and or texted. John and Cheyenne, you waited over the break. Thanks. What's going on this morning, sir? Hey, good morning. So I wanted to give you two quick updates. Remember I called you a couple of weeks ago about that service four-wheel drive light? Yes, they uh, troubleshot it, got underneath, and found a broken wire on the harness. Oh, nice. Okay, good. So, you know, and then um, the other thing is, remember I called you about uh, it was uh, rolling, and you said rear springs? Yes. I did spring shocks and the uh, sway bar links all at the same time. I decided to save a few bucks and do it myself, and I realized why you don't see a lot of 60-year-old mechanics anymore. Um, It's tough on us, isn't it? Yeah. Man, it took me a couple hours because I don't have a lift, but it wiped me out for the rest of the day. It, it is a lot of work. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. But, you know, it saved me probably $400 in labor. No, I mean, every time I go out and do something in the shop, I realize every day why I don't work the line anymore. And John, it's like, yeah, I can't do that anymore. I'm too stinking old. Yeah, I'm going to be 60 next month. And I'm like, no, I can't do this anymore. But. Then you look well, and you, you know, say, and real quick for everybody listening, and this is I try to even tell this to my my clients that I coach and so on, John, and that is that you know most people don't really realize this, but you know technicians are like NFL football players. There is yeah. a prime to every one of them, and literally that's from the time you're in your you know pimping how sharp you are, but really by the time you're in your late teens, early twenties. Up until you start hitting that 40 mark, John, I mean, that's kind of the prime for technicians oh. to really, you know, crank out the work and get as much as they can done. And after that, you know, it, you start to slow down some just because of what you're talking about. And what I don't yeah. think most shop owners understand is we as a industry, and this is really kind of on a countrywide basis with the trades, we've not done a very good job of getting that new talent recruited to fill back in for those 40-year-olds. Cool. Well, I, and I do have one question for you, but I want to comment on what you just said. How many high schools have auto shop? I know I took auto shop. Hardly any. School, and that's part of the thing. These kids might have the knack for it, but right. they're not getting exposed to it at that 15, 16-year-old age unless their dad is, you know, like us, where we work on our own cars and stuff. Uh, and I agree. So, so here's my question. I, next Saturday, I got to drive to Reno to pick up my grandkids. I'm going to meet my daughter. She's in California. Okay. And the last guys that hosted the show for you before the 4th of July break, I can't remember if it was Steve from Geno's or not. I think it was Dennis and Steve. Yeah, should have been. Okay. He recommended to do a 44K treatment 
right before you hit a long road trip to blow the engines out and blow it out clear. Well, 40, 44K is, is meant to be put in and then have the engine run. It's not meant to be put in and then just sit in the tank. So, right. yeah, that would be the time to do it. So my question is then, would it be worth it to spend the extra probably 10, 15 bucks and put the 91 no ethanol gas in at the same time? Wouldn't right? matter. Doesn't matter. It, you, you don't think that no. matters? No, it doesn't make any difference. Oh. Okay. Well, I, I might not the, be able the to The ethanol actually week. has some cleaning componentry to it, John. That That's why I'm saying it really doesn't make any difference. So running the ethanol with the 44K, there's no adverse effect there. Okay. Well, I probably won't be able to call you next Saturday because I'll be somewhere between Cheyenne and Reno, Nevada. Well, have fun driving. Hey, thanks, John. John, thank you. Be safe, man. That is a trip and a half, so uh, really be safe. I mean that. Lines open, 303-477-5600. Call us. We'll get you right on air. Ted in Arvada is next. Ted, welcome. Hello. How you doing, sir? No, not too good today, but that's why I called you. Well, let's see if we can help you. Okay. I got a 74 CJ5. Oh, man, I fixed a lot of those back in the day. Okay, this is a 401 with a hollow fuel injection and all that stuff okay. on it. Okay, all right. It gets 50 miles a year. I'm 75, so it gets 50 miles a year whether it needs it or not. Gotcha. Makes sense. I brought it out of the back garage. It sets in the back garage with two Optima batteries and a battery tender on it. You okay. Know, so the light's green. It starts up. Okay. Around, backed it up the driveway and shut it off. And I was going to blow that off and go to the car show Saturday, first Saturday of the month, right? Right. Turn the key on, nothing. Okay, so I go get the voltmeter and put it on there, and I got 12.97 volts in both those batteries. They're hooked together for the winch and all that stuff. Right. And it just, okay, so, you know, it's been the Rubicon four or five times in California, so, it's you know, it's halfway right. And I said, well, under the seat there, I got a, a starter solenoid, so I put that on. Nothing. Same thing. So next thing. You know, 75 years old, here I am in a driveway out there taking the starter off. Did, so it, real the, quick, too, did you try to just jump across the solenoid to see if it would start then? Yes, wouldn't do it. Still wouldn't, okay, okay. The starter off, took it up to AutoZone, they said, starter's good, I heard him buzz it. So I come back, and I said, you know, it's got, so I said, take the batteries off. So I took it off, and I said, the batteries have no amperage. They got voltage, but no amperage. Ah, Okay. So, that's a typical Optima deal. That's happened to yes, me. Yes, it has, yes. Do two of them coincide together to knock the other one out? Possibly. I mean, those are, as you guys know from you know listening to me all these years, I think Optimas have a, a place, and uh, I'm not saying they're a bad battery, but I'll just tell you right now, Ted, I don't own a single Optima, and there's a reason for that. Well, I'm starting to go without them, too, but I don't like cleaning cables. and they're, you know, Yeah, I know. I don't either. Now, in yours, given the fact that it sits so much, you could do what I do and just put a battery, you know, shutoff switch either on the cable itself or, you know, just disconnect the terminals when you're not using it. You can do either or, and then you don't have that. Okay, but I never got the problem fixed. I took the other battery out of my truck, put it in there, and it, so I had to jump the pump. Right. I had wire. It's got one of those Big rig distributor shit out on 300 bucks. I don't remember what it was. Like I said, I can't remember what I did yesterday. But it started up and drove, and I put it in the back. Okay. Is there something? It's got a tilt wheel on it. Is there something in that GM switch that's killing it to where I don't get any gauges or anything that flipped out, too? Possibly. 
Yeah, that could be. Yeah, and that could just be coincidental. Would it? What the ignition switch? Did buy a new ignition switch or what? Yeah, and it's at the bottom, as you know, it's at the bottom of the column. So that one's easy to test and or replace. They're cheap. That's an easy one to do. Okay, that's what I was missing them. That, but I put it back. But I had a bad week, and I'm the guy that texted you on that Corvette that the half the hood opened. Oh, okay, okay. Did you get it open, by the way? Yeah, but you know how I had to do it? How? My S10 truck tailgate has got a rod in it. You know? Yeah. Well, I took one of those rods, and I monkeyed with that and monkeyed with that and fished through that hole there, and I couldn't get nothing. You know, like they said, right. you know, I looked at all the videos on On the firewall, right, right. I reach up there and do that. Well, my arms aren't six foot long. and uh, the No, of course not. It's got AC on it and stuff. So I took that cable and went over to the other side and hooked it on that cable across there and popped it, and it opened. Nice. So you know what? Mine has two bike cables on it now that hang in there that I can get a hold nice. of. Nice. Good job. Latches. Good job, Ted. This ain't going to happen again. No, good job. <laughs> well, so that worked. Good, good. What a weekend, you know? Yeah, I hate when those things happen. And my one other tool we're talking about that they haven't done for 100 years. Yes. I've got a four-way lug wrench, and 30 years ago I welded a half-inch spud in the end, and I can put any socket there on There you I go. Want. Great it's idea. English. Works for me. Great idea. Yep, fabulous. Good stuff. Ted, oh. thanks. Great. I'm, I'm glad to hear that uh, you got the Corvette hood open and all that. That's fabulous. We got a line open, 303-477-5600. Michael and Aurora, you're next. Hello, Michael. Oh, hello, John. How we doing? How we doing? I'm doing good. John, I have a 2014 Toyota Sienna all-wheel drive. Okay. I have a vibration in the, in the steering wheel. Under load, uh, replace the wheel bearing, the rotor, the CV axles, balance the tires, obviously, and uh, I don't know where to go next. So you've only got vibration under load. Heavy load, light load, what's it like there, and, and what's your speed? 65 miles an hour. Um, if I'm on a hill, like, you know, accelerating, uh, hill... Uh, I let off the gas, the vibration goes away. Are we sure we don't have a torque converter shutter? I, that I would not know. I mean, that, you, that... And the only reason why I say that is you've done everything that, honestly, even I would look at doing personally. You've got, you know, CV shafts are good. You've checked rotors. You've checked brakes. You've got the tires balanced. I mean, you've done all the things that even I would go through and do. There's really only one thing left in that unit that would probably cause that, and that'd be the torque converter. So take it down to a transmission shop. I would have a transmission shop or somebody that, you know, really understands transmissions. It doesn't necessarily have to be a transmission shop, but somebody that really understands transmissions, I would... I would have them drive that and see what they think. Do you have any recommendations? In Aurora, I would I would have Ken Rackley at TuneTech go drive it with you and at least see what he thinks. TuneTech on on uh, on East Colfax. Colfax. Yep, you got it. Okay. Okay. And his at, name at least Ken? eliminate. Is it? Is it transmission? You know, he could at least pinpoint what's going on. Then you guys can determine what to do next. 
that would be great. Okay. Because, you know, I've thrown a lot of money at this and still haven't got to the issue. No, you sure have. And and honestly, if that's what it ends up being, you, you throw all the money at it you want to, and it's not going to fix it. Well, we'll get a fix if it is a torque converter. So. And that could very well. And again, I, it, it, once he drives it, he'll he he'll know. Awesome. I will get to him this week. Okay. All right, Michael. I appreciate it very much. John and Littleton, hang tight. I know you're driving. We'll come right back to you. we got a line open, 303-477-5600. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Now's the time to take advantage of Geno's Napa Break Special. This month, get a $50 Napa prepaid Visa card with a qualifying Napa Breaks parts purchase of $250 or more. For over 38 years, Geno's Auto Service has been serving Littleton and customers along the front range. At Geno's, their team recommends checking your brakes every 5,000 miles. Stop in this week and they'll check your brakes for free. As members of Colorado Select Auto Care, the Geno's team will back up their work with Napa's nationwide peace of mind warranty. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop off your car and pick it up when ready. Geno's continues their public service work, partnering with Hands of the Carpenter and donating work on vehicles for single mothers or women in need. Check out all their Google reviews for a good snapshot of their business. They're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. Stop in or visit them online at genosautoservice.com. That's Genos with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Some skills you only develop through practice. In October of this year, Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law celebrates 25 years defending both civil and criminal cases. He has earned the tagline, Trial Tested, Trial Ready. In civil cases, such as personal injury, your attorney has the burden of proof to persuade a jury that you deserve a certain sum of money in return for your pain and suffering. However, because only a small percentage of personal injury cases go to trial, most personal injury attorneys do not spend much time in the courtroom over the course of their careers. Kevin Flesh stands apart from the rest because he represents both criminal and civil cases. After an estimated couple hundred jury trials, Kevin has learned how a jury reacts to evidence. He knows how to gauge how much money a jury will likely award in your case. Trial tested, trial ready for 25 years. Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. Call now for a free consultation. 303-806-8886. Napa A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. One line open, 303-477-5600. John and Littleton, you're next. 
Hey, hey, John. Uh, good, good show. Thank uh, you. Hey, uh, you know, you've been on several of your uh, shows. You've been talking. Conversations was about truck drivers and how how they're driving on, and unsafe and this kind of thing. I've I was out on 470 and I got passed by a guy in a, a newer truck with a dump and you know these new trucks have got a lot of power. They do, and and, and I will say they've yeah. they've actually uh, you know done yeah. a very good job on that end of things yeah. where these guys can pretty much you know drive anywhere, anytime, any speed. I, I, but you've heard me talk, and I'll continue to say this. Just because they can doesn't mean they should. Exactly, John. You know, I come from the old days. I remember when we were driving tandem axle old Fords and Chevys with gas engines. You could hardly go up the hill at 25 right. miles an hour, you know. Right. But, you know, I, the, the reason for these big engines, these guys can drive the speed limit and, and, and maintain that. It's more efficient, all that good stuff. But still, I called about this guy. But he was tailgating. He tailgated me, and then he tailgated some woman. I mean, I, I, this is. I called the company. I says, "Hey, I had to call the highway patrol, and 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 uh, you know, I mean, I see this all the time, and I complain to the company. But you know, John, uh, it's going to do you or me any good. We're talking to a blue in the face about truck drivers. I know. The only way, only way it's going to happen, John, is legislation. My yeah, son, and, I, and, I, drives, and I, you know, you know me, you know my feelings on that. I hate, you know, more, more know laws and more legislation. But, yeah, but, but you know what, John? But John, I agree with you here. <laughs> California's got maybe the fourth largest economy in the world. They drive 55 miles in the right lane, John. My son drove for Warner out there. It didn't seem to bother him any. He went clear up and down to California all the way to Canada. And, you know, I mean, get them over in the right lane. Make them drive the speed limit or 55 miles an hour max. And the only way it's going to happen is we get our legislators going on this. There's a lot of lawyers that aren't going to like this, like Frank Azar, he advertises truck accidents. And yep. It's going to protect the small guys as well, you know? No, John, so and, you, I, and again, I, you know me. I don't like the legislative aspect of things, but I, I hate to say this. We're at a point where I believe in this state, especially in most of the metro area, that we're, we've got to do something to keep those guys at least out of the the left lane, and I think if there's three or four lanes, the the left two lanes. Uh, I'm with right. you. You know, got to keep them in those right two lanes, mm. and 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 I and I, unfortunately, John, and you know this too, it's these it's the bad apples that are doing the things that you and I notice on a routine basis. And I'm folks. I'm not trying to make any stereotypes or anything along those lines, but I can tell you mm. one thing: when I look up at who most of the drivers are that are driving these vehicles, I can tell you right now. That in the majority of cases, John, it's not you and I driving. Right. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to point yeah. fingers, but I'll just say that I, the trucking industry, and I know they've got issues with trying to hire enough drivers and all of that, and, I, and I'm sympathetic, and I understand that. But these companies should have company policies that keep those guys out of the left lane, is my feeling. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen without legislation, John. I, You know, I mean, being a good guy and all this kind of stuff, these companies, they... They can they can hire these guys in Canada if they don't do it, but then then they're up against the place because they can't hire hire people. But even the small guys would benefit because their insurance rates are going up and they're Agree. going out of business. Agree. You know, and it's going to end up with the big companies doing it, and they're eventually going to do this anyway. Well, I, I John, I yeah. don't know that I can. Everything you're saying, I really cannot. I can't disagree with you. you you're you're spot on in. Unfortunately, for all of you truckers that are listening, it's these bad apples that are going to really spoil it for the rest of you, I'm, I'm afraid to say. Exactly. You know, how do, how do you want to have your wife out there get tailgated by some guy with 80,000-pound truck? 
I don't. I mean, it's a re- I don't I mean, like whatever. being tailgated by those guys. And John, you got, you all know from listening to me that I don't I don't uh, dink yeah. around when I drive. I mean, I'm one of those guys where you know I get on the road and and I get after it. And the reality is, you know, I, I can still do that. Be doing, I'll just be honest with you, I can be doing 75, 80 in the left lane and still have some truck driver right up your rear end. Exactly. That's what that's what gets me. Man. Me too. And they nothing. and they frankly, John, should not be yeah. driving that fast, especially in no. town. Exactly right. Exactly. I don't know, man. I've I've been around this stuff for a long time, and uh, I don't know whatever happened. To what it used to be, what one uh, one car length for ten miles an hour of speed. That's speed, what it's supposed to be. That's how that's how we were taught when we grew up, John. Exactly. But you know, you're out there. My wife's out there driving, and some guy sneaks up on her. Here he's got this. This truck is probably 40 feet long, you know, right. he's right on her bumper. He, I know. He wants her to get out of the way. Hey, get out of my way. I got some place to go. Well, he doesn't have to get that, He doesn't have to get there that fast. I've been there. I, you know. you know what, when it's all said and done, him being in the, the, the right two lanes, driving five miles or 10 miles an hour or less than he is now, really, yep. John, at the end of the day, isn't going to change. Most likely he's going to get to wherever he's at and have to wait a few minutes anyways to either dump or load or offload or do whatever he's yep. doing. To your point, you at the it. end of the day, it doesn't matter. You got it, and maybe a save a life. And I agree. Lawyers, well, you know, and we've had some really bad accidents here in the last month, oh, month and a half, with I some know. of those gravel trucks, like you're talking about. Right. The other, the other thing, too, real quick, I just I got to throw yeah. this out there because I don't yeah. know. I've got an idea of what's causing this, but I don't know. But in the last month, we have had probably four, if not five, eighteen-wheeler truck trailer fires and they seem to be happening as these guys are coming down the canyon and i don't know john whether these guys are just lighting the brakes up so heavy that they're then catching the trailers on fire but i saw another one last night and i i literally have seen almost one every single week this summer what is up with that yeah, they're probably uh, they're not using a Jake brake, or they're not uh, you know going too fast and hitting the brakes at different points in time, you know, and uh, burn them up, or they're not adjusted right, or you know, it's always something that could be going I, I, off. It, it, it's the weirdest yeah. thing. I mean, I don't know that I've ever in my life remember that many truck and trailers burning up in the last, you know, literally in the last yeah. six eight weeks. You've seen almost one a week. I know that you don't like legislation, but you do have a radio place i'm going to start writing some letters to some of the uh legislators to see where this can go maybe even send one to to Poland. well i tell you what we could do john and i and i'm in favor of this i think there's enough legislatures that they need to get together with the truck and you know the truck lobbying industry you know there's an association you know there's a motor carriers association of colorado i really feel like these guys need to start having some conversation and really almost in a threatening manner say listen either you guys get this policed on your own or you're going to have legislation that does it for you. You take your pick. There you go. That's a good idea. I think I think the legislation is going to have to be in the way to go. But I, like I'm saying, hey, you don't like California. You don't like their, that kind of thing. But, I mean, hey, man, they got a big economy out there, and I don't know how it's affecting them. You know? I, I, I can't argue there, John. I, John, I appreciate the phone call. Thanks. I, we're up against the bottom of the hour. I want to get in real quick before we go to the bottom of the hour. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. Kay and Longmont, you're next. Hey, thank you for taking my call. I just have a quick question. Sure. I have a 2018 RAV4. Okay. When I turn the car off, it makes a, a very slight, slight buzzing noise. And then it shuts off in about, well, I just turned my car off, and it shuts off in about 10 to 15 seconds. 
But on about two or three occasions, um, now I sit there and wait for it to shut off. But it is buzzed all the way through the night, and it's still going the next morning. Hmm, should not I be. I called Toyota. Okay, they said it was the computer resetting itself or no. something? No, no, mm-hmm. no. Okay. So something is staying on and running. I mean, without me listening to it to know exactly you know, what it is, it would be hard for me to pinpoint that over the, you know, over the phone or the radio. Okay. Other than, is it sound like it's rear of the vehicle, middle of the vehicle, front of the vehicle, or can you tell inside, outside? Um, well, it's inside and outside. And because the only time I, that it's happened, I've opened the garage, you know, going out to the garage, I noticed that buzzing is still going on and it sounds like it's in the front. Something is they- something is still running, and again, somebody would really need to figure out, you know, what's actually running. Now, the other thing that can make noise on a lot of vehicles, and this time of the year with it being hot, I guess it's in theory could happen overnight. Would be our, you know, the the, the evaporative canister system on the vehicles of today, where we're taking the the fumes, the fuel, the fuel fumes, and we're recirculating those through the system. I guess it's possible, Kay, if that charcoal canister system is, you know, if, if the fuel is hot, you've driven a long ways, you come in, you park in the garage. I suppose it's possible for that to be quote unquote, they don't vent, but it vents back into the into the gas tank and it circulates those fumes so that they don't come out into the atmosphere. I guess it's possible that could be the buzzing noise. And if that's the case, it would be happening overnight. But but it's definitely not the computer resetting. That's BS. Okay. It is not the computer. I can tell you that right now. The only thing I could think of that would buzz that long would be the evaporative system. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that's normal. Um, I I still think if it buzzes overnight, that's too long. I could see it buzzing for a few minutes after you shut the car off. If it's buzzing overnight, I still think the dealer needs to do something about that. Okay. It should not be Sounds doing good. that overnight. Okay. Good and, deal. and you know the because the other thing is that could be causing extra pressure is if for some reason the fuel pump is cycling on and off even though the car's off thereby putting more stress on that system that could be something that could be causing it to you know buzz and act act like that all night long but it should not be doing that Kay. okay and it wouldn't make any i i actually just moved here from kansas wouldn't matter so would it, it would no it, okay makes no now all right. the only thing you could do to try to see if i'm on the right track is Try using a different grade of fuel. And I know it's expensive right now because premium is almost 4 bucks a gallon. But you could try a load of premium gas and see if anything changes. Okay. If it does, then I'm on the right track and you've got something you can kind of go to the dealer with. Okay, perfect. Okay. But I, but it is, it I can tell you right now, it is not the computer resetting. That's BS. And I hate when they say things okay. like that because they really make... You know, you and themselves sound stupid when they say that. Nobody's that dumb to, to believe that the computer's resetting all night long. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I believed it, so. <laughs> well, it's not. It, it, and and I'm, I'm sorry they told you that. That's, that's wrong. They shouldn't have. Uh, you know, that's somebody that is either very, very stupid and doesn't understand the vehicle itself, or they're very dishonest, one or the two. 
Or they just wanted to get me off. Or they just want to get you out of there. Yeah. Or or that's the third reason. Either way, they're being dishonest, which I don't like. Okay, well, I'll definitely try the gas. That's a good place to start. Yeah, start there. Let's see if that changes anything. And you always call me back and we can proceed from there. Perfect. Okay, thanks for your help. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate it. We've got lines open, by the way, 303-477-5600. We'll come right back. Give us a call. We'll get you right on air. And uh, again, the number 303-477-5600, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie Distributing, your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. Well, it's finally here, the heat. As temperatures heat up, we ask more and more from our cars. Sitting in traffic, running the air conditioner, and keeping the engine cool can really take its toll in the heat of the summer. As the coolant in your car ages, it begins to lose its reserve alkalinity and can become corrosive, causing significant damage to engine components. Additionally, as the coolant breaks down, it will begin to foam. That foam causes the coolant to have a decreased ability to transfer heat from the engine. And as engine temperatures increase, vehicle performance decreases. A loss of fuel economy and inadequate climate control functions can quickly become an unpleasant reality. So, what should you do? We recommend that you check the coolant in your vehicle every year for freeze protection and pH level. It is important to replace the coolant in your vehicle prior to the point of failure. Most repair shops will have sophisticated equipment that will introduce a cleaner to the cooling system to remove harmful deposits and infuse new coolant to protect your engine. Make sure your new coolant contains the BG Supercool cooling system conditioner to maximize the life and protection of the new coolant and help your car stay healthy and cool in those hot dog days of summer. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie. We'll talk to you again next week. Novus means innovate. And as the original inventor of windshield repair, Novus Autoglass continues to stay on the cutting edge of glass repair and replacement. Any vehicle with lane departure technology needs to be recalibrated after a windshield replacement because of the cameras and sensors mounted to your windshield. All of those sensors need to be carefully realigned so your vehicle provides accurate positioning information. And each vehicle manufacturer is different. Most autoglass facilities, even the big names, do not have the right tools and equipment to calibrate your windshield. They can only replace the glass, not recalibrate the sensors. Because Novus Autoglass constantly upgrades to keep pace with the changing industry, the majority of their locations now offer calibrations. Get your windshield replaced and the sensors recalibrated with the inventor of windshield repair. Find Novus Autoglass now at klzradio.com forward slash glass. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303 6620789 
That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. Make your life more convenient. You just found out that in order to install a new appliance in your home, you need a new electrical panel. Your current panel isn't safe or energy efficient, so it can't support the additional load. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air makes an inconvenient situation simpler. The live chat feature at AbsoluteFix.com stays active 24-7, 365, so you can schedule your estimate with a real human being at midnight on a Saturday. You get a two-hour time window for your appointment, so you don't need to wait around all day for a technician to arrive. 30 minutes before your appointment, you get a text message with a photo and a bio of your technician so you know who's coming into your home. Then, 15 minutes after they leave, you get a phone call asking how they could have provided an even better experience. Make your life easier. Schedule an estimate with Absolute Electrical Heating and Air at AbsoluteFix.com. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Barber's Foods proudly sells what they feel is the best bratwurst in the nation. Their bratwurst comes from Tim Beeler's fourth-generation pig farm in Iowa, where Tim grows non-GMO-fed Duroc pork, raised without using gestation, crates, or antibiotics. Check out the five-ounce French-cut loin chops, natural hot dogs, baby back ribs, breakfast sausage links, and garlic pepper bacon at barbersfoods.com. If you're looking for great beef, Barber's Foods carries grain-fed Colorado Angus beef in steaks and burgers and an assortment of Wagyu steaks from Dan Morgan's Wagyu Ranch. These all-natural, restaurant-quality steaks are some of the best you'll ever eat. You can pick up your order at the Denver Warehouse near the National Western Center, or Barber's Foods can drop them off to any Denver metro area address. Go to barbersfoods.com and thank you for supporting the Colorado native farm family that owns Barber's Foods. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us halfway through the program today. Anything you need, give us a call as soon as somebody drops off. We'll have a line open, 303-477-5600. Don and Evergreen, you're next. Hello, Don. John? How are you, sir? This is Conrad. Oh, Conrad. How are you, Conrad? Sorry, I had Don on my screen. I don't know. Like, weather is having a little trouble hearing me. I was on my Bluetooth. That's all right. I, I know who you are. Perfect. Hey, uh, what the deal is, uh, I ended up taking Starsky over to Cars Remember When to try and get that carburetor uh, problem figured out with that odor it was making. They found out it had like three leaks in it. Okay. And they're getting it all, all fixed and put nice. back together. Nice. Yeah, but what I want to know is I'm trying to be real careful about what kind of fuel I'm putting in there. Uh, there's a gas station off of Sims. Uh, I can't remember what the street is exactly, but it's a mobile, and they, they sell ethanol free fuel there. And then... I also mix a little race fuel in with it. Is there anything else I should maybe put in my fuel? We'll keep those seals and no rings from deteriorating again. I put some BG supercharge in it. BG supercharge. Yep, do that. And uh, honestly, in fact, I got a story for all of you to tell. I used the supercharge product in all my old cars, and I had to get my old '68 Buick out the other day for long story. I'll, I'll explain it here as we get into the fall. Charlie kind of knows what I'm talking I'd like about, to see but that car. Had, had to get the old car out. 
And, uh, and I was really worried because I had a full tank of fuel. I had put some supercharge in it, but really hadn't done anything with it for the last couple of years, Conrad. So I got it out and, uh, you know, got it, got it all, you know, fired up. And believe it or not, I, you know, squirted a little bit of, of a carb cleaner down the throat of the carburetor and it fired right up and it ran fine. And I drove all the way up the mountains and back and had to put some extra fuel in it, you know, as time went by because I used more fuel than what was in the tank. But just goes to show you how stable that that supercharged product will make the fuel. Okay, well, I'll get some then. I, I've been using that stable. Uh, Sta- you know, stable's a good product too, but, you know, BG being one of our sponsors, and the fact that supercharged product works so well, I've got, I mean, and that's just a personal testimony I gave you guys on, on how the supercharged product worked. I put that in there two years ago, and I fired it right up. That fuel's two years old, and I fired it right up. Was it, was it ethanol-free fuel? or was Nope. It, uh, nope, it comes right out of the, uh, the uh, Phillips station down the street. Okay. Well, I'll definitely give that a try. Then that I've been using that stable. I can't remember the number on it. That special stuff, and it seemed like if I if I put too much in there, it's starting to foul my plugs. And I, Jim Herzog told me that too. He said it'll foul your plugs if you. If yeah, and I've never it. had like, that problem with the supercharged product. So no, I I agree with that. I think I think that's a I think that's wise. All right, man. And you take care of all these You're very welcome, Conrad, and I'll be in touch with some other stuff here. So, no, appreciate you, man, and I'll, I'll contact you on your, your text message yesterday as well. Eric in Denver is next. Eric, what's going on, sir? Hey, thanks for taking my call, bud. Thank you. Um, I have an old GM car, and uh, when it's real hot like it is right now, yep. um, I can't control the fast idle. And then also, if I drive it for even a mile and shut the car off for even about three minutes, it acts like it's vapor-locked. But okay. it's not vapor, it's not vapor-locked because I know the gas is coming out. It won't start with starting fluid. And all I have to do is come back around 10 o'clock at night, and it'll start right up, you know. Um, and, what, and what is it, Eric? What are you driving? It's a 1979 Pontiac Le Mans. Okay. It has a... 231 V6, yep. and it has an air pump with air pollution stuff on it. Okay. Um, and and anyways, um, what happened a couple of, here's the kicker, a couple of summers ago, it was about 75, or it might have been last summer, it was about 75 or 80, so I didn't think it was going to do that. So I stopped in to get some gas. I shut the car off for two or three minutes. Bam, wouldn't start. So I went in and asked, they had a mechanic there, and asked him if he'd look at it, and he looked at it real quick, and he asked me if it was vapor-locked, and I said, no, sir, it's not, and he said, I believe you. He said, let's see if it's getting power, and he pulled the spark plug wire off. My dad used to do this when I was a little kid, and he said, crank it, and it arcs mm-hmm. uh, and snaps, and when it did that, the car started in like nobody's business it just started right you're giving it extra voltage when you do that oh okay and it just bam it just started yeah Yeah. he probably pulled the coil wire up is what he did pardon he probably pulled the coil wire up is what he did right well he the wire that goes down to the plug he unplugged one of the plugs he did one of the plugs okay that's yeah same same theory you can do it at the coil as well oh okay so anyway, that tells me something, but what does that tell me? Typically what that means is it's a little bit flooded, which means it's not vapor-locked. It's actually got a little too much fuel, 
uh, we call it like a hot soak condition where it's got too much fuel. And then what he's doing when he did that is you're increasing the spark intensity, thereby burning some of that excess fuel out, and then it fires up. So do you think that this car is actually flooding then? Or? Could be. Yeah, very possible. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, if it's now, and the way to t- By the way, the way to tell that, Eric, is next time it does that, when you go to start it and it will not start, push your foot all the way to the floor. I mean, mash it down as hard as you can, then try to start it. Oh, okay. If it starts then... You, we're adding a lot of extra air is what we're doing at that point, thereby getting, you know, clearing out some of that flood condition. And if it starts then, we know it's a little flooded. Oh, I see. So when it's real hot, because uh, I don't really pump it or anything, is the, is the heat creating some kind of suction? And yeah, it's probably gas? boiling over out of the bowl a little bit down into the engine itself, and that's where it's getting a little bit of a flood condition when it's super hot. And, that, yeah, that can happen. Oh, okay, that's... That makes sense. So um, there's no – when it's real hot, there's no way to stop that then, I don't think, is there? Or? No, the only other thing is – and is that – probably – is that a four-barrel carburetor or two? Because those had either or. What's on it? It's a two-barrel. Two okay. Those didn't have as big of an issue with leaking down underneath. But a lot of the quadrajets would leak in the – there's little plugs underneath that they would leak – Although, you know, that, that car, you know, that carburetor, I should say, not car, but the carburetor, you could look at that and just make sure that we don't have any, you know, internal leaks or anything along those lines. It could just be the nature of the beast and it is what it is. In other words, there may not be anything wrong with the carburetor, but I would still look at it to double check. Okay. Uh, does the fast idle out of control, would it, would it cause that too? Well, if it's a little bit flooded, you're not going to get fast idle because there's too much fuel for it to do so. Oh, okay. That's probably some air hose problem. There. Correct. And I'm, I'm guessing would... it's getting a little flooded is what's happening. Okay, sir. And um, thank you very much. You're very um, welcome, Eric. No, great phone call. Thanks for asking. Uh, John and Firestone, Craig and Wheat Ridge, you guys hang tight. We'll come right back. Got one line open, 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold certified auto care shop and employs ASC certified technicians. So don't be that guy. And make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. 
Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. John and Firestone is next. John, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Love your show. Thank you. So I got a uh, 2013 Ford Edge uh, 5.3, and uh, I've got a a funky battery alternator charging something issue. So um, I frequently, not always, but frequently get a warning on the screen that says low battery, turn off ignition or restart engine. So when I shut the car off, in, when this happens, so typically most most vehicles nowadays, if you shut the ignition off and don't open the door, the radio will start. Any accessory you got on will right. stay on right. for ten minutes and then auto shut off. Okay, so that's the normal condition. So when when I get this low battery warning, it immediately shuts the radio off. So I mean, it's doing its job. It's doing its it's meeting his design criteria, you know, so it's not right. cranking on that battery, right. I guess. Okay. So I've had it to multiple shops, four different shops. Uh, I've had it to Ford. Uh, uh, I didn't leave it with Ford because, you know, they want a couple hundred dollars, you know, just to look at the damn thing. So, uh, so, uh, but, but they couldn't tell me what the issue was. So, I've replaced the battery two different times. Okay. Okay. The alternator always tests, uh, you know, good. The battery most of the time tests good when you, you know, when you, when you do either a test at Napa or one of the other dealers or when I take it to a share, you know, I, I don't want the free test here. Right. I want the evaluation, right? So nobody can tell what's wrong. One shop said, it really is the battery. I said, it's a new battery. And they said, I don't care. It's, you know, it's the battery. I bought at uh, Batteries Plus because after I got through, I mean, fighting with this and, and, and fed up with it, everybody tell me the battery's good. I took it to Batteries Plus. I said, test it. They said, "Well, you're on the low side. You know, it's 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 starting to weak. You don't have the full cold cranking amps and so forth. So you, you really should replace the battery because that's the issue." So mm-hmm. I did. I bought a battery, even though it always starts, always starts, never have a problem with that. Um, uh, so I bought a new battery after a few months. You know, I'm getting the same thing again. So uh, the the shop says, it's the battery. Trust me, it's the battery. I took it back to Batteries Plus. They reluctantly replaced the battery. Mm -hmm. That was about two months ago, and I've got that warning a couple of times since. Hmm. Now, make sure that I'm following along correctly. You don't feel like anything is being left on that would drain the battery down. That is correct. Okay, so you think everything is, you know... 
you don't have like a door ajar light staying on or anything weird like that. Right. And so the in the other information is uh, if if I jump out of the car when it does that, let's say I pull into the garage, mm-hmm. shut it off, and I get that low battery warning. If I pop the hood, the battery will test at in excess of 12 volts. Okay. Okay. It'll measure at that with a meter. Okay. Uh, you know, and I forget exactly what it is, but it's always in excess, you know, 12.5 or 12.6 or something. You know, it's not down at 12 or less, you know. So that puzzles the heck out of me. And I assume somebody's been through and checked, you know, the electrical system for, you know, proper charging at all times. A computer, you know, controls the charging when it charges, when it doesn't, how much it charges and so on. I assume somebody's checked all of that. I, I've been told they went through all of that and can't find any uh, any issues whatsoever. Yeah, and what we may be up against is, and by the way, they could be correct at that time, but I almost would want to have you know a scan tool or a recording device on it for you know two or three days in a row to determine is there something weird going on even while you're driving it, whereby it's not charging at that particular point in time. You shut everything off, take it to the shop, they fire it up, they do all their checks, and yeah, it's charging at that time, at that snapshot or that moment in time, but is it all the time? And that's the question I don't think we've got answered right now. My gut feeling is it's not. Okay. And that's why I don't think it's a battery. I think there's some sort of a issue with the charging system itself where there are times it's not charging. And it may not be enough to where it's turning a, a light or anything you know anything along those lines on. But if it's just undercharging enough, well that's why when you shut it off you get the low, you know, the low the low battery warning light comes on. Right. Even though the battery the alternator has kept it up at its, you know, its you know, twelve Seven or twelve. Correct. It may just six, be on that line to where when you shut it off, that battery warning light comes on. Yeah. So once he looked for, I think he called it ghost draws. Yeah, and that would be uh, something to look you know, at. Although and, the ghost draws are typically not going to be there going down the road. I mean, to me, you've got an issue right. where it's not charging going down there. I mean, I could see if you jump back into the vehicle after it sits for a while, and then you've got lights on and problems and so on. I would be looking more for a ghost draw at that point, but not with what you're describing. I wouldn't be. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so what I, do I, I think do what now? you need to find, John, is somebody that. And, and you could call Josh up at, up in uh, the oh, oh. north part of town up there at Legacy. You need a recording device on the vehicle where you can drive that for several days and then have somebody go back through the history of that and see what's going on. Okay, so you cut out just for a minute, and you, did you suggest a shop? Yeah, uh, uh, call Josh up at Legacy up in Boulder. He's up kind of in your area and see what he can do for you. Legacy. Legacy in Automotive Boulder. in Boulder. All right. Okay, good. John. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it very much. Uh, Craig, I'll get you in here before the top of the hour. What's going on, sir? Hey, John. Um, question. I had a instance come up, do a lot of traveling on the interstates. Of course, yep. you see a lot of state patrolmen. Yep. You know, you have the emergency turnaround lane that they are only allowed, emergency vehicles are only allowed to use. Correct. I'm traveling eastbound on I-70 at 75 miles an hour in the right lane where I'm supposed to be. Uh, he pulls out of that turnaround median and correctly pulls into the left lane. 
Okay. He didn't like pull him directly in front of me, but he accelerated really slowly in that left lane. And my first inclination was to go ahead and pass him on the right because I was, you know, legally within the speed limit and in the lane that I should be. Right. But with these laws where you're not supposed to pass a state trooper, I had a, a coworker get pulled over in uh, Idaho, state of Idaho, for doing just the same thing as the state patrolman pulled that UE and, and started going in the same direction as he was. He passed it on the right, and then he got proceeded they proceeded to pull him over for? and told him that you for uh, passing an emergency vehicle. I didn't know there was any laws that says, unless the lights are on, who says you can't? Well, that was his... his There's no know, law against that. There, he said there was... Uh, he said you weren't running lights when you pulled, when you, uh, pulled out in that right. left lane. Yeah, that's his fault. I, I, so, I, if I'd have been your coworker, I would have challenged that because there's no law that says you can't pass a policeman of any kind on the on the right or the left if they're doing under the speed limit. Yeah, see, so I, you know, he, he having been pulled over, um, I immediately backed off to where I, I probably had to drop my speed down to 50. Yeah, wrong. Because he, yeah. he took his sweet time getting up to speed. He eventually did get up to 75 miles an hour, and then he... I would have passed he, him. Uh, yeah, see, I was going to, but... Wouldn't have hurt my again, feelings. And again, as long as you're doing under the speed limit, there's nothing to do about it. There's no law yeah. against that. If he's got his lights on, that's a different scenario. But if he's running non-lights, there's there's no law against that. Okay, well, I thought maybe, you know, the laws are changing nope. all the time. I know there's the law where their their lights are flashing and they've got somebody pulled over on the... Uh, that, yeah, we're supposed to move over if, over if yes. available to do so. And if not, you're supposed to drop, 10, I believe it's 10 miles an hour below the speed limit if you cannot get over into the other lane because of traffic or what have you. So, yeah, and that, that's that been a law that's been around for a while. And, I, you know, by the way, I see most people honoring that pretty well, and that's a good thing. We want to keep those guys safe. But, you know, if they're just pulling into traffic and not running lights, you can pass them. There's no law against that. Yeah. And your buddy, well, I, up, you know, your, your coworker needs to fight that one. I would all day long. Yeah, I hesitated uh, doing it because, I, of course, he's telling me, you know, you can thank me later because, you know, I, I told him my initial – you know, reaction was to go ahead and pass him on the right because I was right. in the speed limit. But again, I didn't want to be pulled over and and you know ask why you. Uh, let me just say that but, you know between uh, you know, Kevin Flesh and others, I don't think you'd have any any problem fighting that one, Craig. If you got pulled over for passing a state trooper or any other policeman in the left lane doing below the speed limit because they turned out of an emergency turnaround, I I see no issues with that whatsoever, and none. And Kevin would agree with me. Yeah, and see, the unusual thing I thought is, you know, they've got a pretty decent amount of horsepower in those cars. He, he can get up to speed long, quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he did not. Yeah. He he took at least a mile to He's go. He's just playing with you, frankly. I'm yeah, being honest, I, I he is. He was, He's I trying to see if he'd good. pass him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it very much. Sam and Westminster, hang tight. I'll get your question on 44K as soon as we come back. Lines are open, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. Text line, 307-200-8222. And uh, by the way, Dan Muir, my old co- cohort, my co-host, said, uh, I pass state troopers all the time, no issue. So there you go, uh, firsthand knowledge there. So Sam, hang tight. We'll come right back. Hour 3 is next. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. D 
Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.